I'm going to start this morning though with looking back over the weekend, the weekend of the commemorations into the atrocity at Bally Seedy and other um, incidents that happened during the Civil War 100 years ago. Uh, this day really, uh, if you look at it and with me on the line to talk about this in more detail is Sinn Féin President Mary Lou MacDonald. Deputy MacDonald, good morning to you. Thanks for joining me this morning. Good morning, Jerry. How did you find that the commemoration, year commemoration, went? And can you talk to me a little bit as well about your decision to visit Nagashil, the site of the death of five National Army soldiers? Yes, of, of course, Jerry. Well, um, obviously, we we are at a, a sig- significant moment of remembrance um, in terms of the civil war, the atrocity at Ballysidi, also events in, at Nagashil, and of course. Kerry more generally in that that incident, that month of infamy um, in which so much suffering and trauma was suffered uh, in in your great county. So I, I, I felt very honoured, Jerry, to be um, at that crossroads, at that spot in uh, Ballycidi, um to make an oration, to recall obviously those uh, that died, uh, to recall uh, Stephen Fuller, who of course survived the atrocity, uh, and then to make my way to Nakhnagashal <coughs> in the company of Bill O'Connor, whose uh, relative Lawrence uh, O'Connor at the age of 17 died uh, at the ambush in, in Nakhnagashal. So it was, um, I think uh, everyone agreed, actually a very moving occasion. There was a, a mighty crowd in attendance and I think that bears te- uh, testimony to the extent to which people want to remember uh, the past, want to honour uh, those that died um, but also a sense of the moment of history that we're in now and a real appetite and I believe a real necessity to talk about things that happened in those times uh, to find common ground, to meet each other halfway, if possible, to forgive, of course, never to forget, but to understand all of these events in the wider context now of Irish history, <coughs> of the movement for Irish freedom, and of course, in more contemporary terms, Jerry, um, reflecting on the fact that we are now 25 years into a peace process. Um, a robust peace process, an imperfect one, albeit for 25 years uh, into that. So I think there is a very strong sense of not just the historical, but very much the contemporary uh, circumstances now. And I know there had been um, a conference in in, in Kerry and a lot of discussion, um, not least about putting the records straight in the doll in respect of what happened at, at Bally City. And I have to say, Jerry, for me, that is um, <coughs> a fairly straightforward proposition. I don't believe it should be contentious. I think it's important whether it was what happened on the streets of Derry on Bloody uh, Sunday um, and setting that record st- straight. I think it's equally important for the, the families that, that were hurt and injured for the community of Kerry but but for the for the whole for all of us that that that, that record is set straight and uh, I I would hope that that would happen I think it should happen now as we mark this centenary do you think it will happen 
the le- a letter has been written to Tikhon Corla and, and it may be where a question of maybe adding an amendment on to what General Richard Mulcahy read into the doll that time yes. that it should happen or probably likely will happen, do you think? Or will, will there be I, I resistance think, to it? I think, I think it must happen. Um, and of course, nobody wants to skew the historical record of what was actually said in the account that was given uh, to the doll a uh, hundred years ago. But um, on, on far lesser matters, uh, Jerry, it is not unusual for members uh, of the House, uh, government or otherwise, to enter and correct the record uh, for the purposes of clarity and accuracy. So I think on uh, an issue like this and, and the story that was spun, the propaganda of the day was never believed by the families, by the, by the community. Um, and I think it's important the record, as you said, by way of an addition or an amendment um, is that that matter is clarified. So certainly I know my my colleague Pa Daly, you're a fellow Kerry man uh, and a member of the Dáil, has raised this issue. I know he will raise this again and I intend to um, have a conversation with the Count Corla and with other uh, political leaders uh, to ask that this happen um, and I, I believe as a matter of just good faith it, this should happen and it should happen fairly quickly we, I, I wouldn't like to see us if we can avoid it at all um, dividing uh, on this matter I, I think there should be a sense of common purpose we talk a lot about reconciliation we talk about dealing with legacy matters now let uh, the political system and political leaders lead from the front on this on this okay. matter. Can I ask you just on that trip to Nachtigashel, did you break with precedence? W- would former leaders of Sinn Féin have done what you did, given given you know the importance within your party of remembering people who have lost in, in at various stages of the struggle? That you went to the other the side effectively? Yes, it, it, it was the first. Um, that, that is for sure. Um and I, I just think the timing of this uh, is right, Jerry. And for me, um, politically, but also on a personal level, this is a very important moment and an important matter. As my my own grandmother lost her her brother to a firing squad, a Free State firing squad, in the Curra camp in December 1922. And I know through my own family how a trauma like that doesn't end uh, and uh, the grief of it doesn't stop after one generation or even two it becomes part of the the backstory the history of your of your family and I know how important it is that, that remembrance happens that uh, we remember that the men who, who were executed or, or who died those that died at Ballycidi that there were people with families they have families yes living um, in the community and equally um, those that died at Nagashal. Um and I, I think as a matter of humanity and as Irish men and Irish women a century on we need to have the record straight we need not to forget we should never forget what happened uh, in the past because we learn from that but we have to find pathways to each other now and that to me as somebody Jerry, as you know who advocates for reunification and end to partition yeah. the building of a new Ireland we have an ambitious an ambitious, ambitious plan for this country to reach our fullest potential and opportunities. And I know that to do that, 
there has to be a reckoning on these matters and and I feel a sense of purpose uh, in in leading on that. Yeah, and, and you said, look, I think we're big enough and Ireland is strong enough, our peace process robust enough for us to address these issues and meet each other halfway and to be forgiving of each other ultimately yes. if we can find that in ourselves. You, you said that as part of, I suppose, reaching out and meeting halfway. But another part of your speech I wanted to pick you up on from yesterday, you said, look, this civil war was a first and foremost a counter-revolution fostered by a British empire that was losing its grip on rule in Ireland, an offensive carried out by reactionary forces against the Irish Republic, against the vision of equality that motivated the fight for freedom. At the very centre of the war was the conflict between two visions of Ireland. A new Ireland for the working class, united, free, socially just, and an Ireland that would continue to be run by those at the top. A treacherous switching of the British ruling class for one that was homegrown. Are you not, with that comment, undoing the work you did by going to Nachtagashel, suggesting that the Ireland that we have now was set up by the British and kind of disregarding all of the work that's been done over the last 100 years to improve the lot of Irish people and, and the 78% vote of, of people at that time in favour of the treaty. Jerry, I'm an Irish Republican. I believe that the, the, the partition of our country was wrong. Um, I, I have very firm views and nobody should be surprised uh, mm. to hear that. I, I believe that James Connolly predicted the, the carnival of reaction that, that we came to see um, with the uh, with the partition of of our country and all that came from it. And listen, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a, a person who who grew up in the the 1970s and 80s. I'm where my where my own family now, and I could list for you very very happily many many successes that we have had as an island and mm. indeed that this state has had. And I would happily you do that but I would also say to you that fundamentally structurally and a hundred years ago and more a huge wrong was done a huge trauma was visited on us it gave rise to what was a reactionary state in the 26 counties and we could all recount all of the the markers uh, of that and a deeply deeply sectarian uh, state, a one-party in, in state the north, uh, yes. in the north. Yeah. So I, I'm simply recording mm. as a matter of history and a matter of strong conviction on, on my part that is what happened. That's the bad news. The good news is that we do not uh, simply have to be victims of our history, any of us. That it was, it is within our grasp, in our time, in our yeah. way, to actually correct for those things and to charge a new way yeah. forward. And but, I am but so the, happy the point I was making, I suppose, is to, to your yeah. speech, you were talking, you talked about the Magdalene Laundries, the mother and baby homes, you're talking yeah. about, you know, uh, suggesting that an, a new elite took over 100 years ago that's still in control today and will never have a proper Ireland until that is undone. You're tying a link directly back to 100 years ago when a lot has happened in between. And, and you're painting the Republic, the 26 counties, as a British construct that basically we were duped and the people who were involved in the National Army side, the Free State side, were just carrying out the work of Britain. And there's a lot of people in this country who would completely reject that. They would say the Civil War is a total tragedy, that the Civil War in itself and the decision made by the Republican irregular side caused a lot of the damage that took years to undo, counter to what you're saying. Well, well look, and, and 
those two viewpoints and those two analysis of what happened, it's, it's, it's like we say, even in, in terms of more recent history, there isn't a single narrative. And there are those who will advance that case, just as you, you have stated there, Jerry, and will do so very articulately. I would simply say that the treaty was signed um, and all that followed uh, unfolded under the threat, the explicit threat by Lloyd George at the time of immediate and terrible war. So there was, at a minimum, I think we can all agree, a level of coercion, physical coercion, military coercion in what was to uh, unfold. And look, I'm, I'm a very, very proud uh, Irish woman. I am really, really proud of who we are, of all of us. I'm proud of everything that we have achieved. I'm also a realist, and I'm also somebody who can look at our society and in a spirit of, of compassion, but also in a spirit of determination, identify things that, that, that went terribly wrong. And just remember, Jerry, the last Magdalene Laundry closed in 1996. Yeah. Not a century ago. Not that long ago recently. at all. And I, I think, yeah. I think we're, we're lucky, Jerry, to live now as generations, not just the younger ones, but generations who now actually have the confidence and the space to name the things that went wrong, to name them, not not to simply cast blame or point fingers, but to say, we can fix it. Yeah. And we, the only way we will fix it is by fixing it together. And in the end, that is the reason why I was so happy to stand with Bill at Nagashal and with him. And he lost his uncle, Lawrence, he was a 17-year-old kid, I mean, a, a child, a 17-year-old private uh, in the Free State Army and to lay those flowers yesterday with him. A a privilege and I think a marker of uh, how far we've come and just a foretaste of how far we can go. Okay, final brief point and I know you're you're caught for time but I just have to ask you about the situation in the North. Work being continuing to be done on on the Windsor framework. Michelle O'Neill has said the negotiations are over doesn't want the DUP to be given an endless period of time to decide its position on the framework. Do you think uh, progress can be made or maybe a, a resolution to this this week? Or what are your hopes in well, the matter? I, I very much hope so, Gerry. And, and we said from the get-go um, the issues around the protocol that needed to be smoothed out. Everybody was game on for sorting that issue. What I've been missing was a good faith engagement by the British government. I'm very pleased to, to record that uh, the, the new Prime Minister has changed that and has proven so far to be uh, more pragmatic in his dealings with this matter. And the negotiations, as Michelle has said, are over. Thank goodness for that. There is a deal uh, on the table and it's now decision time for the, for the DUP. For our part, we have been meeting with party members. I met with our team of MLAs. We are now actively ready, good to go, back into the Assembly, back getting government up and running to deal with the cost of living crisis, to deal with the challenges in health and housing, all of the bread and butter issues that affect the lives of every person, irrespective of political stripe. And I think it would be unconscionable um, that there would be further uh, delay, further stalemate. We're now nine months out from the uh, election. All of us are still going through the complexities of this deal. Some of us, uh, we need to see the legislation, we need to see implications for standing orders in the Assembly. And all of that detail needs to be ironed out. But my firm view 
is that that work can be done, should be done, must be done with a functioning assembly and with the executive back delivering for everyone under the leadership of Michelle O'Neill. Okay, um, uh, Deputy Mary Lou McDonald, that's where we leave it. Thanks very much for talking to us on the programme My this pleasure. morning. Thank you, Jerry. Sinn Fein leader, Sinn Fein president there, Mary Lou McDonald, talking about the commemoration which took place, her party's commemoration yesterday, her decision to go and lay a wreath at the monument to the Free State soldiers who were killed in Nakhdagashal.